Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Where's the guru? Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. <laughs> Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? It is a game day in the Valley. We've got Thursday night football. And as Vinny and I were talking about earlier, today begins the 27 days of football. Yeah, uh, I didn't even realize that. But now we're starting to get those cockeyed midweek college games. So 27 straight days of either NFL or college football begins beginning, tonight. Beginning on October 27th, 27 consecutive days of football. Now, I don't know how much Tuesday night, Mac, I'm going to partake. Yeah, we're saying this like we're going to. You're not down with the Maction? Look, there's people that watch football in all forms whenever it's on. Yeah. And that you know, is true. If you're one of those people, bless true. you. That is true. I'm not watching Maction. No. no <laughs> I don't want to watch Bowling Green. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Eastern Michigan. But I've seen enough of Eastern Michigan this year. But again, that, that, but it, that really kind of perfectly illustrates just how uh, prolific the NFL has become, how it has just kind of overtaken the entire calendar. Yeah, there's a story on uh, USA Today. I didn't read it, but I was intrigued by the headline. I just didn't have time to read it. But all about how the NFL has chased the World Series away from having a game on that first Sunday. How about it? Because the NFL is like, it? no, that's our day. Sorry, yeah. World Series. And, and listen, and the World Series begins tomorrow. And man, this this almost feels like the college football championship game a week after the semifinals. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, you're still playing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and it's like, this is the World Series, and we're still a day away from that beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> almost, All right. Almost November before it starts. All right, we're gonna have a lot of fun today. Start the show, Jarrett. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Now we begin the Splash for Thursday with the Week 8 injury report for Cardinals, Vikings, and oh boy is it lopsided. Cardinals had six players, Max Garcia, Dennis Gardeck, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, Christian Matthew, and Jalen Thompson, who did not practice. Six other players were limited by injury or needing rest. The Vikings, who are coming off their bye, on the other hand, one total player on the report, wide receiver Jalen Naylor. That sounds made up. I'm sorry. But uh, he was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, there's a, quite a difference in uh, in healthy, available football players this Sunday. Oh, yes. It's not a deal breaker, but it is quite interesting. Especially for a team that has just been trying to, you know, 
live on in bubble wrap. Yeah, thankfully that long week really helped out on the injury well, front and, for the Cardinals. And, and now we kind of understand, after looking at that injury report, exactly why they took 40 minutes off the scheduled practice time yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> finding available bodies Dude, to the have The traders are stacked up, man. <laughs> We've run out of tape. We've, that's right. Uh, the Who's car- got the gauze? <laughs> Cardinals did make some more roster moves Wednesday. They signed kicker Rodrigo Blankenship to the active roster from the practice squad. And they put defensive lineman Richard Lawrence on injured reserve. Kings, uh, Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday that uh, regular kicker Matt Prater is day-to-day. Are you day-to-day if you've been that for several weeks? Thank you. Uh, Thank you. They might find themselves in a situation <laughs> so where he handles field goals and extra points, but not kickoffs. So two kickers could be active on Sunday. Prater's missed the last three games. Lawrence lands on injured reserve after returning from a hand inju- injury. Can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. Okay. If, if if what you're saying is so accurate, he's been day to day for three weeks now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. If you think Matt Prater might be day to day on Sunday, just let the other guy kick. He was fine last week. Missed an extra point. Oh yeah, details. Killed the ball, right? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, but still made more than that other guy. Yeah, yeah he did. Right. Where's Matt Amendola? Oh. Uh, week eight of the NFL. Uh, by the way, Rashad Lawrence uh, could be out for the season with that uh, shoulder injury he suffered. Uh, NFL trade deadline approaching. Team still uh, continuing to swing deals. The Eagles acquired defensive end Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears in exchange for a fourth round pick. Quinn had eighteen and a half sacks last year for the Bears, but this year. Just one to go along with eight tackles in seven games, but uh, he is thought to be an upgrade for the Eagles. Week eight gets underway tonight in the NFL. In Tampa, the struggling Buccaneers take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. On Thursday night football, Bucks have lost four of their last five games, but are still tied with the Falcons for first place in the NFC South. Parody, everyone. Isn't it great? Uh, the Ravens have alternated wins and losses in each of their first seven games, and they are coming off a 23-20 win over Cleveland last week. Kickoff 5-15 on Amazon Prime. Uh, Patriots quarterback Mac Jones took 90% of the first team snaps at practice Wednesday. He'll remain the starter for the Pats as they face the New York Jets. Jones was benched early in New England's Monday night loss to Chicago. The Saints, who lost to the Cardinals a week ago on Thursday night football, sticking with Andy Dalton at quarterback over a healthy Jameis Winston. Dalton threw three huge interceptions, including two that were returned for touchdowns in the loss. Saints host the Raiders on Sunday. Everybody talked about the difference. You know, it's like Andy Dalton, the, the the Saints offense is not as explosive or productive, but at least he takes care of the ball until he doesn't take care of the ball, and then he still holds on to his job. And that's right. Uh, so that that tells me that maybe maybe they would want to err on the side of caution with Jameis. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. The only reason you start Andy Dalton is because he doesn't turn the ball over, and he just did at yeah. a prolific rate in his last game. Yeah, three times. Yeah. Uh, three crushing interceptions, by the way. Uh, the Pac-12 had its men's basketball media day in San Francisco on Wednesday, and the conference media selected USC, or excuse me, UCLA as the team to beat. Uh, the Bruins received 26 of 33 first-place votes. Arizona picked to finish second. They got three first place votes. And the Wildcats edged out USC who also received third place vo- uh, three first place votes. Bobby Hurley uh, and the ASU Sun Devils picked to finish seventh in the conference. By the way, it's the third straight season the Pac-12 media has picked UCLA to win the conference. But in the previous two times, they failed to win the regular season or conference tournament crowns. They did have a Final Four appearance. Huh. Though. Uh, Diamondbacks picked up a player on Wednesday. They claimed right-handed 
pitcher Tyler Zuber off of waivers from the Kansas City Royals. Zuber missed the entire 2022 season with right shoulder impingement syndrome. Doesn't that sound serious, doesn't it? Uh, An impingement? Yeah. He's kind of a hard syndrome. hard thrower. Back when in 2021, he was in the 73rd percentile in fastball velocity in all the Major League Baseball. Mm, okay. I don't know if he's going to help. And one other baseball note, uh, St. Louis Cardinals pitcher. Adam Wainwright coming back for another year. It was thought to be his last year, uh, last season, and join Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols into retirement. But he's coming back. 41 years old, had a 371 ERA and 32 starts last year. 2023 will be his 19th big league season with the Cardinals. There you go. A very abbreviated, swiftly moving splash, which well, gives that's us good. Which, How, I, we've wow. never done that. Yeah. Make note of this, Jarrett. We're hitting break before, on time. Before on time. it's time. Beautifully on time. <laughs> Congratulations. Coming up next, Cardinals. Yeah, they are beat up, and their opponent is not exactly beat up. We'll get into some of the differential injury wise going into Cardinals Vikings in week eight. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. Not um, like this just yet, but a lot of them aren't um, season-ending, which is good. You know, hopefully we'll get them back at some point, but we, we got to be able to stay healthy and get some consistency. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, when asked, have you ever dealt with this many injuries before? And you can hear kind of the sheepishness in his voice as he answers that. The uh, Cardinals... They're a hurting unit right now, yeah. Dan Bickley. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of guys on the injury report, including six that did not practice. Again, those six. Max Garcia, Dennis Gardak, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, Christian Matthew, and Jalen Thompson all did not practice. Right. And that was not because of, of rest yesterday. Those were all injury concerns. Yeah, listen, so so I think you really do have to look at the roster then, if you're Steve Kahn, I would think, and, and ask yourself, do I need to go out and make some trades? We saw what the Eagles did, just uh, acquiring a really good pass rusher in Robert Quinn from Dabars, and and there's been a lot of speculation that maybe you can find a team that would be interested in A.J. Green, hopefully a team that hasn't been watching game film. <laughs> But if you look at it, it's the the trades are starting to happen a little bit here, and so you wonder if if Steve Kime will go out and snag some guys. Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there now. The Cardinals are not in the need for a wide receiver. What I'm saying is there are people out there that that might be available, and I and I know the Odell Beckham Jr. thing is an outlier because he it wasn't that long ago he's he had surgery and teams don't even know if he's ready to play football yet. So yeah. his limbo is understandable. But I, what I'm saying is I think you need to look at this and plan ahead if you're if you're really in it to win it. And Domicon Sue ever signed anywhere? No. Because that was a name that was a little bit linked to the Cardinals in the past. It was, and with Richard Lawrence now maybe gone for the year, uh, as Cliff Kingsbury talked about yesterday, maybe that's an area you go down. And I and I think the Cardinals on that front, Bick, are kind of on a, at an interesting crossroads. Mm-hmm. Last week going into the New Orleans game, they made a trade. They gave up draft capital for Robbie Anderson, mm-hmm. who didn't play much of a role in that game, and... Um, actually, Cliff Kingsbury said this about Robbie Anderson yesterday. I wouldn't say much bigger. We're, we're going to try and make sure whatever we have him doing, he feels confident and can execute at a high level. So we'll see how the week goes. So that would be two weeks without real contributions if Cliff Kingsbury is correct there from Robbie Anderson. But 
they made it very clear that they thought that they were still in this. You don't give up draft picks for veterans if you don't feel like you're in the thick of it. Right. So after adding a win to their win total, you feel like they still probably have that that same mentality right. because the trade deadline is November 1st. Right. Next week. But it's it, again it's the addition of Robbie Anderson is a is a wide receiver to a group that you may not have even needed that piece. I understand that conceptually if you don't have Hollywood Brown then then maybe you feel like man we never got to roll out that combination between him and D-Hop and and a guy with blazing speed and what he can do for D-Hop. So let's go replace that right away just so we so we do have that dynamic. And I'm I'm not against the move, but I, you, you've got to be willing to to supplement and buffer other positions, particularly the defense. You know, I, this is you know you look at you look at Vance Joseph and the way he's been able to keep that thing together, even grow that thing, and and try to get some young guys some reps with varying degrees of success. Uh, he hasn't had a whole lot of stuff thrown his way, and so. It, uh, the Cardinals should should recognize they are in a very good place for how uneven they have played. That is true. Uh, one other name on the injury list that's been on the injury list a lot or the do, did not practice list, Rodney Hudson, uh, the center. And I, I don't um, – let me just play this from Cliff Kingsbury and then we can dive into it. I hope so. Um, some maintenance stuff that we're working through, but I'm hoping the next couple of weeks we can have him back, which would be huge. I mean, he's, he's another guy that when he's played for us in this offense, he's, uh, he's played at a high level. Maintenance stuff? What does that mean? I'm just going to say this, and I, and I don't mean this as a slight. This is just how I how I perceive things. Rodney Hudson is the most mysterious Arizona Cardinal ever. <laughs> wow. We don't know. We didn't know if he was going to play over the summer. We don't know if he's going to play week to That's week. Good Maintenance call. stuff. It, the injury descriptions are very vague on him. Is it mysterious, though, or does it sound like a guy who... Had to be talked into coming back to play this year at all. And maybe maybe it's the Cardinals that are keeping it mysterious. I don't know. But there's a big, thick cloud of mystery around this guy. Yeah. No, there is. And there has been. And you're right about that. That's that's a good designation. Who else would be on that list? Who else has been mysterious? Ooh, I love it. (laughs) Well, um, Malcolm Butler last year. Who, by the way, he just signed with another team. Him leaving the team. That was pretty mysterious. I think he signed with Miami. Don't you think Kyler Murray fancies himself <laughs> a little a, mysterious? A little oh, mysterious. Yeah. Larry yeah. Fitzgerald and the whole retirement, non-retirement thing That's a big was kind of mysteri- yeah. mysterious. All right, so um, either way, they're going to have to find a way to, to, to field a team that can get some stuff done. Uh, they've got a healthy quarterback. They've got DeAndre Hopkins. They've, they've got pieces to win this game. Um, it, it, it's, it's another turning point, pivotal kind of pivot point in the season the way I look at the schedule. If if you lose this game and you might, then you're then you're chasing again and you're on the verge of having the whole thing spiral out of control again. If you get to four and four and you got the Seahawks coming in, man, what a what a what a reprieve that would be. Yeah, I mean if they get there with this injury report, with this schedule, the calendar, the way it's you know laid out and the opponent this week is an interesting one. I think all of us look at the Vikings record and say, wow, good for them. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure that they were a 5-1 team. They've taken advantage of their schedule. They've won games that they should have won. But I don't think anybody's blown away by the Vikings. But the thing that you can't get past is they are a confident team. Mm-hmm. They're a rested team. They're a healthy team. And they're the home team. 
Yeah. And that might be yeah, four, a lot four of, tough things to overcome for the Cardinals. That's, a lot, that's a lot of boxes checked on their side of the ledger, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. They also You're have doing tremendous, the tail of the tape. I'm sorry, they have a, a couple of tremendous playmakers on offense, mm-hmm. which not every team has. That is true. Here's uh, Buda Baker talking about that Vikings offense. Well, the Vikings offense is a you know, great offense. Guys who have many great players. Of course, he, um, he got started with Jefferson, uh, number 18. And he's a great player. Guys who run all the intermediate routes long. You know, nine balls, post balls, also comes out of the backfield and runs routes as well. So, uh, all-around type of guy. And, uh, of course, it's always going to be about stopping that run game. Dalvin Cook is, you know, one of my favorite backs that I've gone against. A guy who is really good in the run game, who can make one cut and, you know, hit the hole. And next thing you know, it's a six- and five-yard uh, touchdown. So, um, you know, that whole offense, they're, they're really great players, especially, you know, of course, you can't uh, rule out feeling as well. Um, you know, they just have a lot. Buddha Baker didn't mention Kirk Cousins because <laughs> mm. he's not on that level. That's and and that that is really one of the great benefits of those back to back pick sixes last week. Is it effectively um, unplugged the Saints' great running back Alvin Kamara? Yeah, and now they're getting another one. And so I don't know if they can follow that recipe again. But that's the way you do it. That's the way you unplug a, a really good running back from gashing you all day long. Make them one-dimensional. That's it. That's what your, That's your goal it. is every week Get as ahead. a defensive coordinator. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of one of those pick sixes, Marco Wilson, he cashed his pick six in not only for a touchdown, but also helped him uh, win NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And he got rave reviews from his teammate, Buda Baker. Very special. You know, he has all the attributes, the size, the speed. He's very explosive. If you guys didn't know, I think he benched like, what was it, 20 times? In the, 26, in the, 26 reps. You know, guy who jumps 40 inches. Uh, you know, not as fast as me yet, but, you know, he's getting there. And, uh, you know, a guy who can change directions. You guys see it um, making a lot of plays in the game and uh, you know a guy that we're of course you know need him to play great football each and every week because you know you got Byron Murphy a guy who's a great cornerback and then that number two cornerback Marco is usually going to get most of the targets and you guys seen last week how you know he, he's in there he's making plays making tackles you know picking the ball and jumping sky high into the end zone yeah talking about Marco Wilson there and, and those attributes and the bench press and the, and the vertical jump and I mean the measurables are off the charts. And then last week, after he makes that dive that goes viral into mm-hmm. the end zone, mm-hmm. the whole world is just marveling at it. Afterwards, he comes out and he says, yeah, I used to do a lot of parkour before I played uh, football, but that? it's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered how people just start getting into that. Yeah, it, Before they're really good at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think about right. how many times you have to wipe out oh before my you're goodness. good at it. If you don't have any kind of gymnastics or tumbling Thank training, yeah. how do you just how do, you even do, that? do that? Yeah. That's yeah. scary. Yeah. My yeah. biggest uh, my biggest experience with parkour was watching a couple seasons of American Ninja Warrior. And let me tell you, me and gymnastics never got along. I don't know about you. I, I, I don't know that, about you. That, no? Did you ever watch that show, oh. by the way? American Ninja Warrior? Yes. It, it's addicting to watch. Mm-hmm. But I got so into it as a viewer, there might not be a physical activity that I would be less suited to participate <laughs> in than that. Yeah. I'm so unfamiliar with gymnastics, I call it James Nastics. That's how. <laughs> Mr. Nastics. But uh, also, it was funny in that comment how Buddha said that he's not as fast as me. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, only one of you is famously famous for being caught from behind on a pick six. Mm-hmm. Marco actually completed his. What? But 
he did get caught from behind by a superhero. Let's be honest. That's true. <laughs> that wasn't a that that was not a mere mortal. Yeah. yeah. Too muscle. bad the Cardinals can never get their hands on a superhero like that. Woo! Oh wait, was he available? Wait, wait. They, 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 oh. they had a superhero. They drafted and said underwhelming man. <laughs> <laughs> and Isabella, did he ever sign with the, the Ravens practice squad? I don't Did know. Did that ever get finalized? I don't know. That's let's, that's let's Google a, that. Yeah, you heard he was like he's a man of mystery. Yeah, oh, <laughs> truly. You ever see? He's like of, Austin Powers. Speaking of parkour, international man of mystery. You ever watch those? I don't know if it's exactly parkour, but the ones where they're like hanging off of buildings or off of cliffs, one handed, and they take the videos and they do this, and they just like yeah. hop from ledge to ledge. And I have the same response to all of them, and it is. What is wrong with these people? Yeah, I know. It's it's unbelievable. Apparently, as of October 10th, Andy Isabella was officially signed to the practice squad. I don't know if he's still on it now on October 27th, but per the Ravens website, it did happen. Okay. Hey, if he's still on it, there's a chance he could get elevated for Thursday Night Football oh, tonight. Oh, now I'm watching. Week 8 of Bix Picks is here. Text PICK to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize of 75-inch TV. Courtesy of Corona Extra, weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to get entered. Coming up next, Suns. we got the uh, New Orleans Pelicans tomorrow night, but lots of people still buzzing about their win over the Golden State Warriors. We'll get into some of the aspects of that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Thursday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is a meaningful game. I think um, during the regular season, especially when you start the regular season, coming up the summer, everyone's itching to play. And, and when you play with the postseason in mind, uh, sometimes it can be a slog. You just think about, like, how do we get to the next game? But when you have games like yesterday, we have two really great teams, Hall of Fame players, all NBA players, and guys with a lot of pride and, and a lot of uh, success, you want to go out there and compete. And I thought yesterday both teams played at such a high level um, it, it made for entertaining basketball. That is James Jones, the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, on with uh, Burns and Gambo yesterday here on Arizona Sports, talking about the uh, after effects of that win over Golden State on Tuesday night. It was a very good performance by the Suns, a complete victory on national television. Um, and I think James Jones hit on some interesting things there. Mm-hmm. What we have talked about, especially last year, and with the way the season ended, uh, the, the playoff run ended for the Suns, was the try-hard team crowd. The people that pointed at the Suns and said, oh, they're a try-hard team. See, that's what you get when you when you treat the uh, regular season with, with too much reverence. Mm-hmm. They got a chance to crow a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I really dislike about the NBA. Because there's an opposite of that as well. Um, there's always a team on the other side of you know a, a Phoenix Suns victory in the, in the regular season. And that team the other night was the Golden State Warriors. And I'm using this one example to kind of paint the picture of what's out there. Okay, John Middlecoff is, uh, is a Bay Area guy. He's a broadcaster. He's a podcaster. But he tweeted out um, the other night, um, you know, the, the night of the game, that Suns Super Bowl tonight, just some meaningless Tuesday for Steph Clay and the boys. To which Suns fans saw this and responded, mm-hmm. wow, Clay was pretty worked up for just some random Tuesday night to the point where he got yeah. kicked out of a game. Oh, yeah. 
that that's one of the things, and I, I'm not just saying this because it affects the Suns in this example. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I can't stand about the NBA. Yeah, the the way yes, the way that that has become stigmatized. Uh, uh, the problem is, is that the Suns keep obliging and feeding that narrative by losing in the playoffs. Now again, yes. again, being up two zero in the finals that was not a failure. That that whole postseason run, in my opinion, was a success, and nothing um, is going to change that. But last year, last year speaks for itself, and for whatever reasons that collapsed happened, I think that has made it very hard to defend the Suns in this whole thing. I would also say this, that I, I would think that with this new energy of and this new core of bench players, there might be even more worry of this being a try-hard team in the regular season than ever before. Because as happy as I am of what I've seen the last two nights, and I did not expect to see this, mm-hmm. I'll be quite honest, I, I, I just wonder about if this roster holds up in a seven-game series against a big team that knows how to rebound and that knows how to strategize and attacks with precision the flaws mm-hmm. on a roster. But but again, then I comfort myself by saying this roster I don't think is complete. The Jay Crowder thing is going to happen and somebody something will come of that. There will be an asset coming back with that and there might be a dramatic move as well. We don't know. I, it's it's kind of humorous to me. I'm sure you've seen this and probably had a real good laugh about this. Laker fans want to trade Anthony Davis now and it's... It, it, the Lakers should trade Anthony yeah. Davis. Yeah, Lakers. The Lakers are literally saying, you know what? We should trade him back to New Orleans. Let's get Brandon Ingram back here. <laughs> and it's like, I got news for you. They wouldn't trade him for no. Anthony Davis. No, no, no. <laughs> Anthony Davis, as you say, he just cannot stay healthy. It's a joke. So, uh, uh, so what am I saying? I, I'm saying that that I agree with you. It's a cop out for Warriors fans. To look at that game and go, wait, we didn't care about the outcome of that game. They were clearly fully vested in that yes, game. Yes, and Clay clearly. Thompson can be the visceral poster boy for that with the way he reacted to the, the, the trash talk with, with Devin Booker. He gets ejected for the first time in his career and walks off the court saying, I got four rings, which, yeah, it's an irrefutable fact. Congratulations on that. How's that going to help you? Steve yeah. Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors, does a weekly uh, interview on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. Our old buddy Ray Ratto's show, by the way, Damon and Ratto. Um, and he was asked about that. What, you know, Was that an appropriate form of trash talk for Clay Thompson? Is there something unhealthy about pointing to a ring total? No, not at all. Not at all. In a moment like that, it's uh, entirely appropriate. Like, you know, if two guys are talking trash, you got the ultimate counter. You know, we we won. I've won. That's always the ultimate counter. Now, that's not going to help us win a fifth. You know, it it doesn't mean anything as it relates to trying to win, you know, this coming year. But, you know, it's definitely something you can use in a a trash-talking conversation. But I think the, the, the bigger point is that over... You know, the course of the next couple of months, we have to move forward, you know, from last year, from the last eight years uh, to this one and to recognize this is a totally new team and we're relying on a lot of new players and young players. And this is going to take a lot of work and for all of us. When we recognize that, uh, we're going to be on a good path, but it's going to take a, a while for all of that to come to fruition. I partially agree with Steve Kerr on that, the, the, the part about the appropriate level of trash talk, because it, it, it's a conversation ender. Yeah, I got four rings. Big mm-hmm. deal. 
Um, but it's also it, it also reeks of desperation oh, in the does. moment. Oh, without without a doubt, it's. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I'm going to venture a guess that maybe it has. It's like you get into an argument with somebody and you're winning the argument. Maybe a significant other, maybe not. And that person brings up something from like eight years ago that that you really messed up on. You're like, okay, did you have to bring that yeah. up? Yeah, that that it isn't relevant, to, but 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 you got me. Mm-hmm. But it, that's what that smacked of. <laughs> that Devin Booker was so deep in in Clay Thompson's head that he had to go there. Look, Clay Thompson was very frustrated. Frustrated. He had twice as many technical fouls as he did baskets oh, in that oh, game. Snap. <laughs> so listen, I I do think I, I this is no time to crow. I, Suns fans are out of their minds already. I do not I do not follow them on Twitter the way you do. Something brought me down a rabbit hole a while ago. And I'm just uh, this. It's too early for this nonsense. I've already seen it. It's I, too I, early I, I for was this. Obviously, at the game, so I didn't watch the TNT broadcast. But Suns fans, and I'm I'm not saying I haven't been among them, complaining about what seems to be a lopsided national telecast. Like Reggie oh Miller was the culprit on, on Tuesday night, just pouring love all over the Golden State Warriors, uh, and not really giving the Phoenix Suns credit. And yeah. last year. We made the promise on this show when the Suns were you know, marching their way to the best regular season record in the league but weren't getting talked about on the national shows, it got under our skin. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the point where it was like, it doesn't matter. Right. None of that matters anymore. Well, especially with what happened in the playoffs. Yes. There was, yeah, there was the, exactly. So I, the, the crowing has got to stop. I, and so does so does the so does the persecution complex. Look, th- what the Suns did against the Clippers and the Warriors speaks for itself, and it speaks real loudly. And if it's really sustainable, this is going to be fun because it's going to be a different kind of Suns mm-hmm. team. It's going to be Devin Booker, the superstar, and I'm cool with that. I've seen that movie before. That ends well. And and so, so, but again, it's it, you can also look at this roster and go, I don't know. Right. You well, get up, you get up against a team with a lot of fours and fives, and yes. they start slowing the game down to a crawl. And true, oof. But in the but moment, again, we don't have to worry about that now. It's that's this is this is the the stuff that's getting circulated already is a factor and proof that we just can't wait for the playoffs to come. And by the way. We didn't even talk about this. I mean, you know, we talked about Devin Booker's great play and how he started this season. How cool did he come off looking in that whole thing? Oh, yeah. Got the under a guy who's savage. been icy his whole career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got him ejected. Dominated the game, by the way, offensively and defensively. And then killed that him came, with compliments. And killed him with, I wanted to be Clay Thompson. <laughs> I love that guy. And then freely admitting, yeah, they've got four rings. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, but, but he also did it with a little a little tinge of snark. Yes. You know? Yeah, he kept repeating it over and over and over Devin again. Four Booker, rings. Devin Booker's the coolest dude in the world. It's just that simple. Yeah, he's he, yeah, he's yeah. at the he's at the table. He did it beautifully because it was the subtext. Is I always looked up to him, always wanted to be him, but now I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> without, what he was without saying it. Yeah. He said it without saying it. Yeah, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Uh, coming up next, there's no other way to say it. Russell Wilson is a giant dork. We'll get into that and more NFL hash marks straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. 
was it, eight hours flight here? That's, that's the first two hours I was watching the film, getting, watching all the cut-ups and everything else. And then for the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everybody was knocked out. I was doing high knees and working on my, working on my legs and everything else, you know, making sure I'm ready to rock. Uh, so that was good. And then the last two hours, of the last hour of that, I, I watched, uh, I fell asleep for one hour and I watched the film the rest. So I feel great, uh, ready, to, ready to roll. Um, you know, I'm super locked in and ready to uh, hopefully get a big win in, in London. What a dork! What a dork! <laughs> Say that again. Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos quarterback. Everybody knocked out on the flight to London. They play the Jaguars uh, in what will be Sunday morning here in, in the States. Uh, but eight-hour flight. Look, you give them credit for making the most of it. Mm-hmm. But high knees in the aisles on a <laughs> transatlantic flight? <laughs> People are trying to sleep, and I understand watching. Is Andy Reid drawing mustaches on people on the plane. <laughs> By the way, that, is that not the creepiest commercial yeah, ever? It's very, very odd. Yeah, it's very odd. Andy Reid comes off as a psychopath. A little in that bit, commercial. yeah, a little bit. His agent might want to get with him on that. And when he walks around the plane, talk about a high knee in an aisle. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes called it his his favorite commer- his favorite commercial that he's done. Yeah, that, that one. He said mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah. Like, oh. Your, your so, coach I mean, is a psychopath. Can you imagine, seriously, can you imagine what his teammates must have been doing seeing that? If he really was doing that for four hours? Oh, he wasn't doing it for four hours, but I'm, but I'm sure he was doing it to get exercise because, but like you said, what a dork. Oh, we talked about try-hard teams before. He's becoming a try-hard player. We, listen, we... And um, without results, by the we, way. We live this very intimately because when Russell Wilson was firing hot and the Seahawks had the Legion of Doom, or was it Boom? What was it? Boom. The Legion of Boom. They had those great personalities on defense. They had Marshawn Lynch. They were a borderline juggernaut. And when we started hearing rumblings of these guys, Richard Sherman, the guys on defense, not liking him at all... I remember very vividly thinking, what's wrong with that team? How could you not appreciate yeah. a franchise quarterback who's lifting you the way this guy is lifting you? Well, there was nothing wrong with them. It was just a hardcore group of football players looking at their quarterback and saying to themselves, what a dork! What yeah. a dork! And that dorkiness gets tolerated when you're winning games and competing yeah. for Super Bowls. And, and if you dorkiness want, doesn't go no. very far when you're a losing team. No. And, if they, and, and, no. and if they go eight hours right. this week to exactly. get their heads handed to them by Jacksonville, no what's he going to do on the right. flight home? No football team wants to be led by a dork. <laughs> I'm serious. It's, this is very, very true. Football teams are so Alpha and they're so full of swagger and they're it's such a violent game. You can't have a guy that's such a dork, and he is. It's I'm sure you saw that thing that somebody put together with Russell Wilson standing up on a plane, <laughs> just doing a Tyler Bowles. That's right. Oh, <laughs> it's just gosh. yeah, that's so cringy. Oh my, I feel goodness. bad for him. I but know he's doing it to himself, like bragging to the reporters. Oh, this is all the work I'm putting in to get I back. Know. In the game, uh-huh. I understand. In, in his mind, he probably thinks, Look, well, I, I missed last week because I was injured. Here I am being a leader. Here I am taking charge and making use of the time given to me. Yeah. But he just comes off like a dark. Well, yeah, also- and, and, and to put it in perspective for people who don't necessarily get what we're saying, we've all been in classrooms before. Everybody knows what a teacher's pet is. Oh, yeah. Russell, Russell Wilson is the Denver Broncos teacher's pet right now. There's also something about being relentlessly positive when things are going bad that really gets on your nerves yes yeah and and his his attitude of always like 
being smiley and positive and stuff when things have been going so badly has got to drive people crazy. Being relentlessly positive at that position smacks of duplicity. It smacks of a guy that will not own up to how bad he's been. Is he in denial? Yes, that I think that's kind of the word. And it's and people want to go, listen, you need to come out and say what we're all seeing. Yeah, you you've got to stop saying that no one's going to get you down. You got to stop saying that you know you're one of the greatest. Come out and say, "Man, I cannot believe how bad I suck." Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm working, but folks, I'm I don't I don't get it either. Yeah. This his fan base would go, "Oh, finally, thank God a real person at quarterback." You yeah, know? who was it that was calling on Russell Wilson to be human? <laughs> yeah. It was somebody last week one yeah. of this this impassioned plea, "Just be a human being." Yeah. <laughs> Instead of this like positivity cyborg, right? Right. Uh, another uh, quarterback in the NFL. The the Indianapolis Colts are in the thick of the playoff race. They've been a disappointment so far. They went out and they got Matt Ryan, but th- they're still in the thick of it in the AFC South. But after last week, they lose to Tennessee. He gets pulled. They're handing the reins of the offense to a guy who's never thrown a pass in an NFL game and Sam Ellinger. So Matt Ryan talked about it yesterday. He's accepting it, but uh, this was his reaction to getting benched. You know, as a, as a player, um, you, you just always anticipate, you know, it's next week. You're getting ready. You're, you're going to go. And so that's where your mindset's at. And, and there, there is a little bit of, of that surprise and shock or whatever uh, at the beginning. Uh, it's a decision they had to make, you know, as, as a player, as a teammate, you have to move forward. And, and you've You've got to, you know, help out where you can. I, got, I mean, there, there's all these reports of, oh, the people believe his arm is shot. Did the Colts believe his arm was shot when they had him throw 50-plus times in that game? Probably not. <laughs> and I know, now. Yeah, after, <laughs> maybe afterwards. Hey, sorry about that, Matt. We were just squeezing all the last little juice you had in yeah, that right arm right. left. I still think it's a curious decision because Matt Ryan, I've never been the biggest fan of, of his game. I think he's a good teammate. I think he's an ultimate pro. He's always available. Never misses games. Um, but I think at this point of his career with the experience and seeing all the things that he's seen, he can still win you a game or two with his brain without having a rocket arm. Yeah, I don't know if Sam Ellinger can do that for the Colts. Yeah, I don't know about that either. I, I do think that in watching some of the Colts, because as somebody who I really thought that Matt Ryan plus the Colts was going to be a, a hugely successful endeavor, and in watching some of them, the ball just gets out slower and the ball just flutters a little bit. He's just a he doesn't have the same arm strength. Hey, he did. Peyton now, Manning won a Super Bowl under those well, conditions. Well, that is true. That is true. And and you think that I mean Jonathan Taylor has missed most of the season to yeah. date, and so you would think that at the very least you would maybe. Dial back the offense a little bit and sort of let him play a more cerebral game than trying to push the ball downfield. I don't know. It's been a it's been a weird time for the aging athletes in sports. Yeah. Roger Federer has retired. LeBron is zero and four. Serena probably Serena, is about probably to Rogers, back now. Yeah, yeah. Tom Brady. I told you. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, bottom line, uh, as Bickley was summing up. Getting old sucks. (laughs) Coming up next, it's been a week, but the Cardinals quarterback and head coach are still answering questions about their sideline communication from Thursday's win over the Saints. We'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Auction Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.